this is something that I really love doing that I'm growing very fond of. And it's this idea that you don't get the most value out of conferences from going to the speeches. Uh, the value you really get out of conferences is the networking, is meeting people, is seeing the world through their eyes and forging those connections. And that's why nowadays when I go to a conference, I use my internet talk show to then connect with everybody that I made friends with and create like an oral history of takeaways. And that's what we did in this episode for CMX Summit. CMX Summit is like the conference about the industry of community and made a ton of friends and had everybody you know, show up and give the one thing that they took away. So you can now listen to this episode and then go back and search on YouTube all the different keynotes, all the different things if you really want to learn from each one. But this is a great overview of the feeling of the conference, the takeaways, and who was there that I think is really, really valuable. And it's another way to utilize this methodology, this internet talk show methodology that we preach, right, that we call the relationship flywheel Next week, we start cohort number three of teaching the methodology. And we have a bunch of, we have a handful of folks from this call that are enrolled. If you want to join them in this six week program, it's going to be awesome. We've redesigned it better than ever from the first two lessons, and people have really, really liked the first two. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Go to be the stage.live slash bootcamp if you want to check it out. Uh, you can also find it in the show notes. But for right now, Man, just uh, hang on to your seats because you're going to get a whole bunch of lessons from the CMX Summit, from the fascinating people that I got to meet. Enjoy. If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast, a show that was started because if you can unlock the power of having a community around your business, then you will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be unbeatable. But who has time to think about building a community when you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue? That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable, how to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short-term goals, and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you if you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy. This show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez, co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel and hopefully... I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development. Let's go.
We already got 16 people. We're officially live on Facebook. This is the B2B Community Builder Show, episode 193, everybody. You're making history, 193 episodes of the show. And today we're doing something a little bit different. First of all, if you're in the chat right now checking in, change that blue box to everybody because right now a bunch of people are putting in really nice things, but they're only going to host and panelists. You got to change it to everybody so everybody sees you. Officially, episode 193 of the B2B Community Builder Show. Today, we are recapping a magical two days that we all spent together. Two and a half days, whatever. Some people more, some people less that we spent in Redwood City, California at the CMX conference. And this is the second time that I do this, this idea that when we go to a conference, actually third time we do this, right? Because we did it at Clicks, we did it at PodFest, and now here. But what we use this show, right? Like one of the perks of having an internet talk show is the idea that you can make it as interactive as you want. On the regular, what you're doing is building relationships with a key strategic relationship in front of a bunch of key strategic relationships that you want to foster, but it becomes really, really versatile in the sense that you can go to a conference, you can invite all the friends that you made, and now we get to have a powwow download and make this thing a interactive experience to reconnect with everybody. So I get to do that. Just a little bit of housekeeping. This is what we do as a company at Be The Stage as a service, right? We produce these online talk shows as go-to-market motions for people. And we also have a boot camp coming up in October where we teach the entire framework. We have a couple of alumnus, alumni from the past Relationship Flywheel boot camps in here today. Lori, Jenny, Jen, I don't know if anybody else is here. Oh, Penny has signed up for the next one. So super, super pumped for all that. So if you're interested in that, we got Rowan with us today. She is our community manager. Normally she's behind the curtain, but today she's going to be actively contributing because we're going to be calling you all into do your take. If anybody has a any kind of like, if you're in a rush, right? Like you got to give your take and get out of here because you got to go pick up the kids or whatever. Let Rowan know in the chat. We'll bring you up first. In the meantime, as you're ready, raise your hand. And I'm first going to do the roll call. Acknowledge you all for coming. So roll call, Venya Logan in the house. Venya is a past star of the show. I'm sure she's got a great take. Lori Goldman, the super connector of uh, of our community community, who has taken the Relationship Flywheel Bootcamp as well. Jenny Weigel, my mentor in all things community. Good, so pumped to have you here. Lee Bishop, the MVP of the first community that I got to launch as a, as a client. Jan Biller, good to have you in the house as well. First time here. Cole, who was like the ultimate account executive host funny guy during this conference call. I'm pumped that you made it, man. We got Lisa. Nilar checking in from Arizona. Lisa, so excited to have you. Well, so we got Josh Gross, head of head of growth for uh, Common Room. Josh with some amazing takes on Web three versus Web two communities. That I I don't know if that's what his take is coming on, but I'm pumped to hear what he's got to say. Oh, Jan's checking in from Bern, Switzerland. Beautiful, Jan. I love Switzerland over there. We got Travis King, my original success case of creating a king when I was a kingmaker. Just kidding, Travis. Super funny guy. Made it out to made it out to um to karaoke. Tim Courtney in the house. Courtney, we we got to hang out that last day and already in communications. Ilker Cancel, the ultimate community strategist. We've done a couple CMX events together along with Blake. Ilker, great to have you in the house, man. Super pumped you made it. Have I not acknowledged anybody? I'm just scrolling through here. Make sure that everybody has seen Sam Selich. 
the community warrior who showed up in his Austrian army onesie and his amazing voice. I got to experience on that first night of karaoke. All right, y'all start raising your hands. If you got to take, I'm going to get into mine, right? I've, I've, you, if you'll indulge me, everybody's got three minutes, right? Cause I think we got about 18 people on this call. So let's keep it like to the three to four minutes so that everybody gets a say I'm going to indulge myself. And I've got four takes. The first thing that I want to say is this was my first community conference. I am a connoisseur, as one would say, of conferences, and I go to a lot of them. For a long time, I have said that, all right, so I see John and Jen have their hand up. Ryan, why don't you start bringing them up on screen so I can call on them? I go to a lot of conferences. For a long time, I have said that my favorite conferences are content creator conferences because everybody that you meet is passionate about something and they have a platform. And if you network with say meet 25 people and five of them put you on their stage, then you've really met like 500 people or 5,000 people, depending on the size of the stage. After coming to this CMX summit, I can tell you that community conferences now officially is up there for me as far as the level of people that you meet, the passion that you see in the industry. And it's really, really fulfilling to see this. It did not feel like a typical corporate conference. I would imagine, I would love to hear from the rest of the attendees. Let me know in the chat as far as like, if you felt that it was special based on other things that you go to. I'm used to going to entrepreneurship conferences, right? So this was a little bit different, but the vibe was super, super high. The culture of the companies in the exhibitors was tangible, right? Like you could you could feel that community companies, companies that really hang their hat in this space, very much care about their employees, about their team, and care about the industry. A lot of you could see a lot of collaboration, a lot of people knowing each other. It wasn't a very big, it it wasn't a huge space for the amount of opportunity that is here. And I think that that is really relevant as as I realize that the idea that corporate culture is kind of like the nucleus that can allow you to build a great client facing or industry facing community as well. So that is my second take. Three, I got to give it up to Orbit as far as execution of really getting my attention, right? So a couple of things that I noticed from Orbit, this might be cognitive bias because they invited me on the first night out and then continue to keep me in their orbit, <laughs> as if you want to say it. But like what I really noticed is that A, they did multiple things, right? So like the idea as an exhibitor, you have your exhibition booth, you're going to have a dinner. It makes sense to do more than one dinner, to do more than one event, because it, it kept people kind of like connected through that and doing it on the first day, right? So orbit.love, shout out to that. And also shout out to the idea that when they realized that we were doing this karaoke thing, Jenny Weigel and I were doing this uh, karaoke thing, they went all in and showed up with like percussion instruments and whatnot, right? So like the idea that even though it's not your own event, you can still buy in on another one, I thought is a big ROI activity uh, for a company exhibiting. So really, really want to shout out to that team and, and how well they executed that one. And this is a totally technology agnostic thing, right? I, I don't really use any community platform. So I'm just talking about the execution at the trade show. I thought it was really, really interesting. And finally, my big take, right? Before we go to everybody else. For those of you that don't know me, I previously was in the construction industry, right? And my, my first niche that I specialized in that I was truly passionate about was green building. And when I got into green building, I got there right as conferences were going from 
people in Birkenstocks and alpaca sweaters to the suits showing up, right? Like the, the, the space really legitimized while I was in it. And that reminds me a lot of, not that there was a lot of Birkenstocks and alpaca sweaters at this conference, even though we're in Northern California, it really reminds me of the, the nascent nature of how the community industry feels right now. It still feels like a really tight nucleus. Everybody knows each other. It is yet to really tip and become a 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 40,000 person conference. But the thing that tipped for green building, right? And stop me if this feels familiar. Green building had has a lot of benefits, right? One could call it best practices construction. It essentially means building something as efficiently as you can to operate with the fewest costs possible, to be as comfortable as possible and last as long as possible, right? So it's like best practices, kind of like what community feels like to us, right? The ultimate moat, the best way to acquire clients, the best way to ensure success, the best way to make the best product, right? It feels a lot like that. And what tipped in the green building industry is that somebody created a rating system that allowed for the average consumer to decide whether or not a project is green or is not green, and if this green project was more green than that green project. So my take right now, what I see as a giant, giant opportunity in this space, and you know, if you're a big platform in this space, feel free to run with this thing, because I think it's, it's going to be a big, big advantage if you can be the person that evangelizes this thing. But if you can create a rating system, that makes John Q. Public decide this is a community company or this is not a community company. And I understand that if I do business with a community company, these are my benefits, right? Therefore, they're going to require the sticker, the certification, the seal of good housekeeping, the lead certification, right? In, 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 in the case of green building was lead. And I have a couple of ideas how you can do that, right? Just to, just to make it more tangible. Lead created these like metrics that went from like the site to the energy, to the materials, to the water use, to the longevity of it, right? To the indoor air quality, right? And, and, and the health. So I think in community, we could create some kind of rating system that has to do with if you're going to get certified as a community company, right, as a community-led company, it could be the pre-customer side, right, which includes the the points of, you know, how how much can you really rely on social validation about it? How much content are they putting out that's useful? How good is the buyer experience, right? How how easy is it to buy without feeling pressured, but as a benefit? How much you're contributing to digital pollution, right? Like how much outbound crap are you sending versus how much you're relying on inbound, right? That could be part of the client acquisition side of it. Then there could be the internal side of it, right? Just how happy your employees are, where your wages are, your culture, the the lifetime at the average length of employee stay could be something that you could get judged on. Then you could be judged in your industry, right? I talk about it as your category. How much you're doing to support the industry, how much you yourself are have R&D and innovating internally, how much you're facilitating collaboration and a partner ecosystem across the industry, and how much you're becoming a platform for thought leadership inside your industry. And then finally, it could also be a um, oh client-facing, right? So you could be rated on the, the lifetime value of your clients, 
the incidence of success of your clients, how much they can be supported via community, right? Like that could be another rating system. And finally, a society, a societal measure, right? Like what's your mission? How much local impact are you having, right? How much uh, charitable contributions are you creating? Stuff like that. So I I, I really do, that, that's just the beginning. I think this is the beginning of many speaking points about this, but I really do believe that if we can drive consumer demand in our category by saying, this is what a community-led company is, and this is why it's good for the ecosystem, the planet, for the people, for the category, you know, for the employees, all these things, and this is what you should demand. We could create that same level of impact and that same level of adoption that the lead reading rating system created for green building. And that's my hot take. So I, <laughs> I, I would love to know what you think in the chat. I, I've been I've been kind of just like spitting out here and I haven't been able to check it. But in the meantime, I want to bring up. Josh Gross, who is the head of growth for Common Room. Josh, I would love to hear your take on what your number one takeaway opportunity thing you got out of CMX is so we can make a little content piece for you, man. And feel free to come on screen so so that the video can be your beautiful face, brother. Now we're rocking. There it is. All right. So what I'm here to talk about and my biggest takeaway was the rise of community ops and the focus on ROI. So we've talked about the ROI of community for a long time now. We've been hearing about support deflection, SEO, a little bit of impression, stuff like that, but nothing has been like really accessible to every community. And then we get to this event and you see like Richard Feverby talking about the average member impact, or you look at like Atlassian and what they're doing in terms of understanding customer health and understanding the attribution to community. And then we did a virtual session with Asana where they talked about customer lifetime value and how ambassadors impact that. And so now we're starting to see like, no, it's not just the long game. It's not just that we're talking about, hey, it could be, or no, we know there's anecdotal stories out there. Now we're actually getting to attribution. And I think that's super exciting. I think what's happening in community ops, what Cassie and Tiffany are doing, their workshop, like we're going to move quickly. And I think the tools are going to enable us to do that this year. Very cool, man. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's been technology catching up? Is it a discipline? What What do you think allowed the conversation to get there? Because I totally agree with your take. That's awesome. Yeah, I would say it's typically or historically been a data problem. Like if you can't get access to the data and then you don't know what to do with it or you don't have the tools to like actually bring it in, that's a big problem. Now we've got data scientists, we have data lakes, data warehouses, all that. I'd say that's number one. Number two is it's just as we get more executive attention on community, it's bringing our community leaders up to where they're being exposed to the conversations about what drives the business. And they're starting to ask questions, how can we prove the value and get more internal stakeholders to kind of buy into community? And so now they're like, okay, well, what are the metrics that could support it? And do I have access to those? How do I present them and so forth? And so I think there's just a desire to actually prove it out and the tools to do so. Let's go, Josh. I love it, man. Great, great take. Thanks for uh, starting this off, man. Great meeting you, man. I really yeah. enjoyed your panel on the the Web3 versus Web2. Really eye-opening. And I hope that we get to continue this, man. Thanks for awesome. coming. Thanks for having me on. Ryan, who's next? Is it Jen? Yes, it is. All right. The, Jen, we call Jen the fairy godmother of the other community that we run. Do the, do the wand, Jen. Do the wand. Got the wand right here. <laughs> there it is. May all of your real estate wishes come true. 
Uh, yeah. So Jen, so Jen took our, our online community of the Not Your Average Investor show and took it upon herself to be the Johnny Appleseed going across the country, getting folks together. Jen, this was your first kind of like expose to, to the community industry. I'm pumped you got to come. What was your takeaway? Loved it. Loved the karaoke. And I especially loved how you broke it down in a post saying, here's my methodology. It's like, oh, I just thought it was Pablo's normal love for singing. And it was strategic. I love that about you because you are an authentic human being, but then it's also cool to see all the strategy behind everything that you're doing. So this group of people was phenomenal. I would love to attend more because I was totally pumped up because I own a marketing agency and we tell the story of our clients and you guys are telling the story of the community. It's, it's, it's all storytelling. It's all, it's all bringing the tribe together. So how epic was that? And I'm so glad, so glad I went. Awesome. Jen, anything, anything actionable observation opportunity that you see out there that you got from this or people that you met or something like that? There was so much. I mean, where do we begin, right? Building community is so, so important for every single brand because marketing is not a department. It's an attitude and it it requires internal marketing as well as external marketing. So whether the community is internally, the team itself of that business, or whether it's reaching out to the larger public, uh, it's all super important. And every person I met was just super inspirational. So Sorry, I'm not being very specific, but the whole thing was just amazing. All good. All good. I think it's I think it's valuable as a outsider that just got dropped in there. And, and the, you know, the idea that you can come away with such a favorable impression and be all in on it, I think, is the mark of a industry that's on the rise, a good event, all these different things. Thanks. Thanks for coming, Jen, as you always do. See you guys. All right. See ya. I think up next, we got Tim Courtney. Tim, I know that you are in the middle of a of a strategic shift yourself, man. Why don't you tell us a little bit of what you're working on and uh, what you took from the uh, conference? Sure. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Pablo. It was really great meeting you and getting to talk to you there at the event. Um, I So essentially, I'm in the middle of, of starting um, or deciding whether I start and and grow a consultancy practice, you know, helping companies on a community as well as like partnership strategy. Uh, my background really has been growing up in and then being a part of uh, the the machine that that's that's built the the Lego fan community for really a couple decades and then a decade at the company itself, crowdsourcing, open innovation, um, the Lego Ideas program, um, and and so. But you know, moving forward, um, what I found is that I'm able to apply this um, this discipline to a few other areas that I have like really strong um, personal interest. So um, jumping off from that, uh, um, you know, kind of kind of crowdsourcing programs, you know, into how do you help early stage um, tech companies, especially that are dealing with like micro mobility or like future of cities. And my angle is less about the tech and more about the people. How do we make public space that serves people and how do we scale that? Um, so those are the types of businesses that that I'm working with. I'm also working with um, a handful of like early stage Web3 ventures, especially ones that are more like real world application and also have some crossover into micromobility. But so setting that aside, a couple of the takeaways from the event um, that, uh, that I had, I want to give a huge, uh, huge shout out to Venia who's also in line to give um, some comments here. Benny, I really enjoyed our chats and I also really enjoyed your panel. 
Um, and the thing that, it, that I took away from, and I know that this merits like a lot more like exploration and a lot more nuance, but she said from stage, she said, when, when talking about um, how do you bring inclusion into different community programs and this idea that, that quote, exclusivity breeds inclusivity, inclusivity, instead of expanding programs or expanding, you know, more and more, um, create affinity groups and then um, kind of subdivide and allow people to be in spaces among people who are like each other, and then also create bridges between groups of different people. Um, and, and so that was really an unlock, um, I think, for me, because instead of trying to, to widen things as much as possible, it's, it's really another way of talking about niches, right? Whether you're talking about diversity in terms of people or whether you're talking about diversity of thought or, or interest, um, you know, how can you build different affinity groups that are similar to each other and then bridge between groups that are slightly different? So that was super awesome. And I'm sure, Venia, you can add a lot more color to that. Um, the one observation that I had, you know, myself, aside from all the other really great um, points that people had from stage and in the hallway conversation, um, is this idea that um, we're all talking about community around our product or around our service or um, a community of practice in a discipline. And I at least didn't hear so much about people talking about um, what community means to an everyday person who's outside the industry. So when I'm not working, I, I also advocate in my local community in Oakland, California, and my focus is on safe streets. So um, I, I don't have a car. I ride a bike everywhere. I'm really happy when I see cities putting in actual concrete that slows cars down and protects me from someone in a car who's on their phone or, you know, just driving recklessly, right? And I want to figure out a way to, to scale that. And when you do that kind of work, you, um, you end up um, in contact with folks from your neighborhood that, and in some neighborhoods are like just incredibly diverse. And when you talk to people about the word community, you know, they think it's their church. They think it's their school. They think, you know, it's folks that have been in their neighborhood for generations. And this community industry, we're almost reinventing community kind of from the top down from this you know, corporate perspective when community has always existed and these connections have always existed. And so how are we sort of acknowledging that, honoring that and, and facilitating um, empowering those communities with what we bring to the table? And then what are we doing to learn from local communities? And that's um, a part of the conversation that I thought like maybe that could be there next year because it, I don't think it was there enough. Love it, dude. Love it. Great take, man. A um, couple of things that stood out to me. I'll, I'll go backwards. You and I come from similar similar backgrounds and how we got into this, right? I also I also got into it via economic development and looking for complete streets and cities and and working on the type of stuff that you're working on as a city. And I think that we from an urban, my wife is, um, has a master's in urban design. And something that I've learned is that like the United States does not have a lot of public squares, right? Like we're not incentivized. Like Europe had the Kings and Queens and they built all these public spaces and that's where people come together. So the, the need for public private spaces and incentivizing developers to do that can push community forward. I think it's great. I love that we need to reverse engineer what we're doing for businesses into the public space as well. And finally, 
Venya is a genius, right? Like what where you just took away, Venya was on my show a couple of weeks ago. I think she's the last episode on my podcast. And um, that idea that exclusivity breeds inclusivity is a, uh, is a really powerful one that hit me too, man. Tim, uh, really appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks for, thanks for giving your take, buddy. And uh, now Kyla. So Kyla came up to me after my, after my speech. And I don't know if, if anybody's met Kyla, she she has this like calming presence. I I think I pulled her aside at one point. I was like, "Hey man, how do you do you work on your energy because for whatever reason whenever you talk to me I just relax and I find that a fascinating thing cuz I'm a chaotic person." So, I'm just super pumped that I connected with you Kyla and uh excited to hear your take. Hey Pablo, thank you for saying that. I got to I have to say I don't think many people would say the same thing. If anything, I'm usually more energetic, but maybe it was like the balance like I feel of you being energetic that I took the opposite side of the spectrum and I was like calming us down. Um, It was really great to meet you watching you on your show. It's my first time here. Thank you for having me. I'm getting again, just like a ton of inspiration of how much energy you bring towards the camera and knowing that like, that's the exact type of energy that I want to bring to like the calls that I'm on. Uh, There are two things that stood out to me from the time at CMX in California, which is, which is now last week. It doesn't even feel that long ago. Uh, The section that I remember the most was with Laura Nessler, who is the VP of community at Reddit. And just to preface, I build community for the org externally, just helping us understand like some of our earliest users who build org charts, which are often team leaders, recruiters, people leaders. But at the core of my job, I take care of the org's uh, internal team and like that community that we consider uh, to be the ones who are like building the product and really getting to expand the brand. So for the external side, she said this, and I'll quote, because it was so good. When you growth hack community with incentives, what you gain in volume, you lose in authenticity. And I found that for newsletters that I subscribe to or like marketing tactics, they'll say like, you know, hey, if you refer this to 50 of your friends, we'll give you like a free Theragun or headphones. And the incentives for why I should share anything with my friends has changed. And I I just felt like what she said to me, it really hit me. And the other quote she said about Reddit that made me deeply reflect on it for the org is she goes, Reddit is a, dig- is a digital manifestation of ideas. There are different ways people experience Reddit. And I just thought about that for like my own company at, at the org and thinking like, you know, to be part of a community, you have to realize like you've taken on an incredible role of knowing that everyone here is coming to the org for a different reason. And I'm always trying to like put myself in people's shoes because we are office first in New York of like, you know, when they come to the office, like what did they go through earlier that day? Why are they coming in? Um, For some people, it's like their first job. For others, they're trying to just advance in their career and like understand their specialty. But anytime I could just know like, why is this person in the community arriving today in person? Like just trying to empathize with them always has shown me that to do this work, one, you have to want to care about the person and two you have to love being invested in them like you have to really that's like an internal motivation there shouldn't be a checklist of questions to ask when someone comes in but just to want to do it from deep down i think is imperative in order to build a really strong one uh totally totally i i think that that brings me back to the idea of these like community conferences are awesome right because everybody everybody in this room right now is is kind of like that has that DNA of like caring for the other person and, and making them feel welcoming. And I don't think you can succeed with that. Um, I love the take Kyla. And I love, I love what you just called out, right? Like this idea that 
as we are selling this thing to our supervisors or our clients or or trying to trying to grow this thing growth hacks are the probably the worst thing that you can do right like we want to keep our thing authentic and we want to protect that authenticity because that's really the value that this thing provides i had on my show a couple of weeks ago um francisco arismendi and he said something to that extent he said something along the lines of he built a super successful community for fresh books uh, that was one of my first like case studies of like what I really admired. And he said that at the beginning, you're like busting your ass to make this thing work and nobody's really wants to help you out. And then once it becomes super valuable, everybody wants to take a bite out of the apple. And you got to be cognizant that you need to protect that thing, right? Like you need to, you need to protect the sanctity of what you build and the authenticity and the connections with people and not allow it to get out of control because all of a sudden it becomes this asset that everybody wants to leverage. Kind of reminded me of that, but I, I love, I love the perspective. Thank you. Thank you, Pablo. Awesome. I'll see you soon. Um, up next, it is my community mentor, my buddy from college that we didn't see each other for like 19 years or heard from each other. All of a sudden I'm speaking at CMX virtual and I get a DM from Jenny Weigel saying you're in my, you're in my field. And I'm like, there's a field of community. And ever since then, she's been nothing but amazing and instrumental to me, really understanding this thing from the, you know, outsider perspective now feeling like I really, really belong and the greatest karaoke host of all time, Jenny Weigel. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Pablo. Gosh, I'm so glad that CMX was our reunion after almost 20 years after college. So good. So oh, good. That was amazing. All right. Well, tell me the, give me your take, Jenny. I might take, you know, besides organizing karaoke, uh, which you well, put so well, eloquently yeah. in your post. <laughs> first first question, how does it feel to organize a perfectly, perfectly executed lightning strike at a conference of your industry? <laughs> that was I can't describe it. Uh, thank you to everyone who came. Thank you to everyone who even helped spread the word if you didn't come, because I know people are exhausted. We were exhausted, right? Sure. Uh, but yeah, it was truly something special. And I, I, the amount of people that came, I, I was surprised and like pleasantly delighted. And God, we had a good time. <laughs> it was so my, much fun. My favorite part about that, right? And and again, I put that post on LinkedIn. I'm not, I'm not trying to cheapen the experience in any way, but I do this at every conference that I go to. Because my favorite thing is seeing pods of people from karaoke the night before, you know, you see them together for the rest of the conference because it's a supremely bonding experience. And that's what really makes me super, super happy about it. Followed closely by people that had FOMO for not showing up. It truly is. And if y'all are curious about what Jen was alluding to er earlier about Pablo's post about this, go and looked at his latest LinkedIn post or one of his latest because he he details, you know, kind of the plan behind this. And yes, this was intentional. Yes, it was fun, but there's more behind it than just fun. So I hope that that strategy works for other people. Uh, my takeaway, oh, besides making shirts that say do epic community shit, uh, we can cuss on this, right? Yeah, you can do whatever. You want. <laughs> All right, because I did. All right, my biggest takeaway: something I've already started putting into practice with my clients since I got back. If you are not already planning something in person with your community, anything in person, get on it. If you have been waiting to see it, when it's going to be safe again, uh, you know, start planning for a year from now, and even use you know Priya Parker's definition of a gathering, which is three or more people. Start with three people, and. The reason why is because there was an energy capture there that I haven't felt since the pandemic, and it, it can't be described. I can't. I can't. There are no words for it. So those of you who were there, you understand 
it was such a powerful energy that walking up to the Fox Theater on Wednesday, we had this awesome group. We'd gone to, you know, breakfast with Tirza and those of us, some of us had already done workshop day. The energy was mounting. It was building. I had to hold back tears, like walking in there. Cause I was like, you guys were together again. Like, here we go again. No, it was so special. And it had been three years since this summit came together in person. I really hope there's nothing else that keeps this from happening for it keeps a three-year gap from people being able to see each other. So I don't know if we'll ever feel anything exactly like this feeling was again. Uh, but it was it could have been completely unorganized and you know the the worst agenda ever, and it wasn't. Uh, and it still would have been wonderful because we were there, we were with each other, and I'll. I'm taking that away and I'm going to pass that on to my clients. Like, all right, figure out, let's get, let's get back into person, in person somehow. Let's do it how you feel comfortable, but let's start offering that opportunity for our community members. Love it, Jenny. Such a good take, right? Cause I, I haven't shut up about the idea of, you know, I've, I've spent the last two, three years podcasting and creating these amazing relationships. And you know this, right? I came a little bit early to cement some of those relationships. The idea that you can go from all the people that you've been networking on Zoom to meeting in person, that energy. I think this is a whole generation of people, us, that are feeling this digital analog kind of like world collide, right? And and COVID did that exactly, right? It allowed us to build these relationships online. And now what we notice is that just because all we've done is talk on Zoom, doesn't mean that we're not real friends because the moment that we see each other in person, it's it's a really, really big chemistry. I have goosebumps talking about it, Jenny. I, I think it's, mm-hmm. you nailed it head on, right? Like just minimum viable, get people together somewhere is how we started with the Not Your Average Investor Show community. It was Jen Filson saying, hey, who wants to come to my house in Northern California? And now it's a thing. I totally, totally agree. The move right now is throw up a flare, ask who wants to do a meetup and go support it. That's genius. Yep. Oof, that was a golden nugget right there. I'm going to have my team clip that and paste that across all my social media channels. So if you could just give this a pause right now, go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you want to be a part of my life in connect with me there. I'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson. It'll be adding value to their life. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Hit five-star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just got to hit five stars. If you want to leave a review, cool. And maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. Carol Hink just said it best in the chat. The energy felt like a giant hug. Carol, yes. So with that, I'm giving virtual hugs to all of you who were there and weren't there. And uh, this is great, Pablo. Let's keep it rolling. Thanks, Jen. Jenny, you are a giant walking hug. I love you, buddy. Um, Speaking of relationships that we made online throughout the pandemic, and also my biggest regret from CMX is not getting to hang out in person with one of the relationships that I've been lucky enough to forge, and it is uh, Ilker Cancel. Man, Ilker, I'm so I'm so butthurt that I, we didn't get to hang out, man. I blame myself for it, for just being completely scatterbrained, but I'm really pumped to see you on here, and I'd love to hear kind of how the experience went for you, man. Oh, well, I hope everybody can, you know, hear and see me. Um, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been wonderful, uh, of course, to be part of it, even, you know, from halfway around the world. So properly and literally like halfway. So it's put like a thread from San Francisco to the other side of the world. That's where I was pretty much. 
So, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, even though I had the opportunity to or to be there in person, uh, I wasn't able to do to a number of reasons. But of, obviously, that's not, you know, stopping me, uh, you know, uh, from trying, you know, next time, next year, you know, harder for that one. So um, for those of you who haven't seen me at the um, at the event, I was the um, I had the opportunity to be the uh, the MC for the uh, virtual um, uh, for the virtual track for the virtual stage, so to speak. And I had the opportunity, of course, to uh, be a speaker as well, which was something that I was really, really looking forward to, like bucket list thing, um, since I've been involved uh, with CMX since 2020. So, um, of course, with, uh, you know, with, with, with Pablo, with Blake and a few other people, we've all, you know, had some fantastic online events. And, of course, you know, Jenny, who's like one of my, uh, you know, one of my greatest mentors and peers over here. You know, it's, it's so cool to see, see her here. So, um, yeah, so my takeaway basically is um, a little bit different, of course, because I was the MC. So I was basically working throughout and I wasn't able to see um, you. And this is absolutely like wholly unfortunate, Pablo, because I've been hearing so much about uh, your session and, of course, all the shenanigans at the um, uh, at the karaoke and so forth. Um, but yeah, because I was working, I was, uh, you know, really unable to, you know, uh, pay full attention to these to the actual uh, things that were being said. But I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn this around and make this an opportunity. And I'm going to um, uh, recommend a couple of uh, sessions which I had the opportunity to see from one end to the other because I just had to as part of my job. And it was an absolute pleasure as well. So on day one, uh, one of the, um, of course, everything was just great. Uh, as Jenny was saying, you know, it, it was a great, uh, you know, event. But if, even if it wasn't, it would have been great. But it was, which is, a, you know, this is getting really out of hand. But anyway, uh, so this um, and the first session that's, that's uh, you know, stood out for me on day one was with Yuri Lazaruk and uh, George Gabriel from uh, from Facebook. And uh, Yuri is uh, from Code Control. And you probably know Yuri from, um, you know, if you're in the industry. He's actually based in Ukraine. And that's probably enough said with, with some of the things that he's actually shared. But he shared some really harrowing, but at the same time, so inspiring and wonderful stories of, you know, how community actually helped the, the people in peril uh, on the ground where, you know, something was happening. So this was a very interesting and very real, very dry take on, you know, uh, you know, a lot of the things and the power of community in the uh, the nicest uh, sense of the word in that context. So that's one thing. There's another session that I want to highlight, but I'm going to leave it at the end because, you know, people will may think that, you know, I'm actually sort of doing a bit of a shameless plug, which I will. Um, uh, on the second day, uh, on the 15th, um, the the uh, the session that stood out for me was uh, from Sumeru Chatterjee, uh, also known as Sumo. Um, uh, he's the co-founder co of Komoda.io, he talked about the rise of community-led growth or how Shopify, Notion, and Gong unlocked uh, community-led growth. He actually presented a fantastic uh, seven case studies, three use cases, and even a framework he called music, uh, you know, to identify and, of course, how to, to replicate the, um, you know, the, uh, the success of community-led uh, you know, companies, which was really, really fitting because on the same day of that particular Day two, um, uh, Adobe announced that they were actually buying Figma for $20 uh, billion. So uh, basically, that was the case. And of course, uh, you know, um, there's an, there was another interesting session on day two, which was by Jared Robin. 
it started with it's a vibe, which is really, really fun. I hope they don't cut that out for copyright purposes. But he actually had a very, very interesting uh, take uh, on his um, account on how to uh, how he actually started a community out of being unemployed and struck by uh, COVID. Um, finally, uh, Taylor is one of my favorite community builders out there. Uh, she's the head of community at Groove, which I'm also a customer of. So uh, she talked about, um, you know, marrying community with product. And uh, finally, um, uh, of course, uh, we had a wonderful session with Morgan Wood from Ivebright and Melissa Kilby from Girl Up about, of course, you know, increasing the visibility of uh, women in, uh, in, in, in community in a session talk called Don't Settle for a Seat at the Table, Build Your Own Table. Those are my, those are my highlights. Um, if anybody's really wondering about what I talked about, this is just for the benefit of people wanting to get into community consultancy, which we all are. Of course, Pablo, of course, Jenny. And Jenny has kindly said that this is the first ever session she ever heard about community consultancy. That's what I, what I talked about, basically, you know, how you can get into it. That's something that if, if, if that's something really looking for, you know, definitely just, uh, you know, watch the session. Always, you know, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll share whatever I, I know, just like Pablo. And finally, and finally, and finally, again, the shameless plug is with uh, Todd Nielsen on day one. We talked about, he talked about talent communities. The reason why it's a shameless plug is because it's a framework that we actually, uh, you know, constructed with us together. Uh, we think that, you know, talent communities are uh, a little bit underserved in the, um, uh, in the uh, industry. So definitely, if this is something that you're really interested in, you know, we, uh, you know, put, down, put up a, a really, really good session that is completely focused on this. These are the things that I'm recommending. Again, you know, um, the videos are going to be out and about in about a couple of uh, months, probably on uh, CMX's YouTube channel. So go for it. And thanks, Pablo, Pablo for inviting me today. Ilker, awesome, awesome summary, man. You know, like totally over-delivered. The idea that we had somebody recap the virtual sessions is super, super valuable for those of us that were there, man. So really appreciate you. And listen, man, I I completely agree. I think this whole field of community consultancy, it's 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 new. It's clearly got some tailwinds and um, making it as good as possible. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for all of us there. So I love that you're championing that, man. Thank you for, thank you for your service, sir. And, and great shout out to Yuri, man. That guy, talk about a warm hug, man. That guy's the best. So, all right. Up next might be the funniest guy I met over the last three days. He is uh, comes up to me, taps me on the back because I'm wearing my King Maker jacket. He's like, hey, man, you made me. I'm a king. My last name is King. And at first I thought he was the camera guy. And then I realized <laughs> it's Travis. Uh, Travis, man, come on. Uh, also rocked karaoke the second I met. Travis, good to see you, man. Want to share with us your, your biggest takeaways? Yeah, thanks for having me, Pablo. I was wondering if you're my dad, would that make Jenny my mom in this case? Or It's a little weird. I'm 100% okay with it either way, but <laughs> what a great event. This has been my fourth that I've been to. Uh, the vibe was even better than the last time before the lockdown, a uh, lot less corporate, a lot more community. So I loved what I was seeing. I think my takeaway going back to Laura Nestler from Reddit, uh, she said that not all work is valuable. Uh, and that just speaks to me um, because I've seen in my 15 years of building communities and helping clients build communities that you're often asked to do things or deliver things that might not be the most valuable. And what happens uh, is your business as usual, your BAU gets bogged down more 
and more and more to the point where you're doing business as only. So you've got nothing really to show for it because you're just filling these emergent things that have been given to you. And I think this was particularly important now. I think as some of us in the tech sector are sort of coming out of that pre-pandemic high, we're going into a bit of a slump now. We're seeing a lot more redundancies. And I think that if at the end of the day, you're just showing business as usual, that's that shaky ground to be on. So I think it's a great reminder from Laura that you have to sort of decipher what the C-level suite's asking you to deliver if it's really valuable or if it's something else entirely that you should be doing. So I thought that's just a good reminder for all of us in the space is really look at your BAU every quarter, every year if you can, and think, is this is anybody reading these reports? Does anybody care about this? Um, and then if they're not, cut it out. You know, quiet quitting. I was quiet quitting before quiet quitting was cool. So, you know, <laughs> re-look re at things. Don't be afraid to, to let a report slide for a month and see if anybody notices. Uh, if they don't, hey, it's just all work is not valuable. So cut it out. Thank you for a brand new acronym in my life. B-A-U, business as uh, as usual. Travis, the, the OG of quiet quitting. Um, super great take, man. Listen, I think that that's going to be more and more important for everybody, right? As community becomes much more legit, much more respected, more and more people are going to want a piece of it. You are going to be more and more at risk of busy work and pleasing everybody, right? If it's anything like being in marketing, it's going to, it's, it's going to start, people are going to start using you to like do these different things that they can do themselves. And you're really going to have to kind of like name your priorities and understand what you're really up to and get some clarity. I love it, man. Great take. Thanks. And uh, go Canada, buddy. <laughs> Good on you. All right. We are rushing Carol Hink up to the stage. Carol and I met on the last day as well. By the way, if anybody has like a time constraint and you got to go a little sooner than the actual uh, queue that Rowan is doing, we're here to please. So we can bring you on. Carol and I had an awesome conversation about how she was in the Coast Guard and, uh, you know, she was local there and it was really, really, really cool, Carol. Uh, I love your energy after having met you at the uh, common room event and then getting to know you a little bit better that last day. Sorry you didn't get to make karaoke the second night, but I think you made the right choice. You had to go support your husband. I get it. I get it. What's your uh, What's your big take? Hey, Pablo. So fantastic to meet you too, and and so many others. I, you know, I got to meet Jenny as well, and people from Common Room and Orbit, and and like I think the other Jenny said the energy was just off the hook. The energy was, I just felt like I was hugged for two days. You know, it, it was just, and I think even the, um, the people at Vesta's restaurant, which, which is, I live local. So I frequent there. They said, Carol, we have never hosted a group that was this nice and fun. And they host lots of Silicon Valley groups. And I said, I'm not shocked. I said, here you are, you have a community uh, of people that their job and their heart space is all about inclusive building community. So that that just uh, said it all, I thought. But my, um, I think my my biggest takeaway. There's so many, but my biggest takeaway has to be David Segal from the CEO of Meetup. Um, I've been in marketing communications my whole career at small to medium sized businesses. So we always have to have the hat on for community hat on social media. We, I'm used to wearing all these different hats and how you're, you're building community within the organization all the time, internally and externally for PR and all of that. And so right now there with what's going on between the pandemic and everybody feeling isolated, I just 
it was not an aha moment as much as it was an absolute uh, stamp on exactly what everybody's feeling. And he said that the uh, the reason that Meetup started, he told the origin story, was because of 9-11. And I'm born and raised from Brooklyn. So it, it, it that also has a special place in my heart. So he said 9-11, um, this, you know, the founder, everybody is, is just can't reach each other. There's no phones. You can't reach. There's rubble. There's just chaos. And he doesn't know his neighbors. He's lived there for a long time. He doesn't know his neighbors. And how are we going to connect? How are we going to reach out? So that was the impetus to start this uh, meetup.com so that why are we strangers? We should be able to connect. And I feel that every single, um, would you say, crisis, that there is an opportunity for us to just leap year ahead of next evolution for us as humans and how we interact, how we treat each other. And I think that's what the pandemic has done as well. So, because they listed the top 10 of things that why meetup exists, what people are looking for. And number 10, you know, they're in there because they're lonely. And that's what you hear now about the, the pandemic. There is this epidemic of, of loneliness, how much people are just starving for connection. And, uh, you know, there's never been a, I think, a bigger time than for community builders to be able to make this such a forefront of the evolution of the workplace. Because right now, my, my, I started a new business. And so my whole mindset is about how can we jump ahead and create a new future of work, which is inclusive, which is building community. And so... Um, that just, I'm still reeling. I'm looking forward to getting all the, virtu- the the links to be able to watch all these panels again. But that was, that I still, and I can't wait to read his book. So I've got his book as, as many of us did. And I can't wait for that. Beautiful, Carol. Beautiful. That reminds me of, um, uh, just, just FYI, everybody. I think um, Cole and Sam got somewhere to be in, uh, in 10 minutes. So we're going to, we're going to leapfrog Venya for a second and, and let them give their takes. But really reminds me as, as Ryan's bringing them on. Uh, really reminds me of the first time that I, you, you just put me in the space of like the first time that I really felt community was in Miami after Hurricane Andrew. Uh, that was really the first time I ever met my neighbors, right? Like I, it's, some, it's something about tragedy that unites people, right? And this idea that we are in the great community renaissance is uh, is very, very tangible after we all went through something together. So a really, really good perspective. I appreciate that so much. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Let's, uh, the man with the mustache, Cole Feldman, man, just, uh, you're the one that you're the one that invited me into that, uh, that, uh, orbit party with a DM on, on, on LinkedIn. And we got to, we got to hang out a bunch, man. I'm, I'm pumped to hear what your take is, buddy. Yeah. I'm so glad we did Pablo. I mean, um, you were such a present presence throughout the the whole conference. Uh, like every time I would hear a voice, it'd be like Pablo, if I was in the speaking hall or, in the tent. And I think the first thing I want to say is just like, thank you so much for putting together this webinar and, and bringing us back together and continuing the community that we experienced at CMX. It's been so cool to see, you know, people that we met at the conference in the chat um, and speaking and giving their takes. Um, so thank you so much for doing that. Um, in terms of, you know, my take on what I realized during the conference, I think that It's extremely clear that folks in this space, folks that care about community and do community, 
are extremely good at the in-person stuff and the actual community stuff and planning events and making karaoke a lot of fun. I think the space is still figuring out how to do like the tech and software aspect of community. And there's, there's a figuring out going on in terms of like what the community tech stack looks like. And as um, we were in the tent with all like the sponsor booths, anybody who was at the conference will remember this. If you looked like across, there was like um, you had Koros and you had Discourse and you had Insided. And I think what this is my realization, this is my take. It seems that there's like a layer one and a layer two of community softwares. And layer one is the layer where the community actually happens. So this is like live chat, forums, events, stuff like that. And then the layer two is these platforms that are coming on online now, like Orbit, that allows you to do um, to actually measure the data of your community and to take action to engage your community um, in various ways. Um, and it's just dawned on me because people would come up to the Orbit booth and they'd be like, well, so like, what does Orbit do? Like, can I like have my community on Orbit or do I use Orbit for analytics? Um, and so this like layer one, layer two idea occurred to me. Um, so that's my take. Love it, man. Love it. I think that's I think that's great, right? Because as somebody that's a very much a novice to the to the software platforms, it was hard for me to understand what everybody did and not lump them all together. But that's a really really good differentiation, right? There is going to be the people that create the um, you know the space for people to connect, and then there's going to be the people that create the tools that allow for that connection to be made better and there is space aplenty for all of it so that's a really good kind of layer one layer two sounds sounds kind of like uh like crypto and stuff like that but you know good good take yeah. man yeah thank you thanks papa awesome man great meeting man super pumped to hear good luck on your uh next meeting man all right thank you. sam zelik who uh the moment you see sam it's clear that he's from new york because he dresses super cool and he's always got this like hat going on and he's got that that gritty attitude, man. Sam, it's uh, it was so good to connect with you, man. So I want to hear your take, buddy. Very glad to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, short time fan and first time caller. Uh, but uh, Pablo, I mean, my big takeaway, really, I just wanted to come here and share gratitude because um, your talk was uh, really a highlight for me. Um, I even brought it into a couple of meetings today. Um, the, the, the pull quote for me was that, um, nobody wants to attend a webinar. They want to go to an internet talk show. Uh, and to me, that is so essential to, to what the work is that I'm trying to do, uh, at Squarespace. Um, I love Squarespace. It's a beautiful product. It's a wonderful company. Um, if you've ever used it, that's actually something that people kept saying to me over the course of the week. Oh, I love Squarespace. It's a great product. Um, but because we're such an established brand, we have a lot of these sort of uh, uh, established processes that I think need a lot of updating. And I, I, I sort of knew that um, being an, a, an events person, and I specialize in events, uh, that there was something that just needed to be updated. I wasn't exactly sure what it was. And your talk gave me uh, exactly the language I needed to bring back to my team um, so, you know, no big surprise that uh, a, a big event that um, is run by community people is just so good at engendering this kind of community. 
Um, but uh, really uh, just just felt felt so good, um, not just learning from you uh, from the stage, but then also meeting you afterwards and um, getting to do karaoke with you. Uh, it, was just, it was just wild and and um, and meeting everybody, actually. A lot, a lot of people here, actually, I've, I've learned a lot from. So I, I am grateful for that. I appreciate that so much, man. Yeah. Um, I really liked, uh, I have this like moment where we're just kind of like next to each other at karaoke, just like belting out uh, Piano Man and, and, and singing along. That was really, really great. So really appreciate that. I would love to help you develop that strategy in any way. And anybody else here that wants to do the internet talk show thing, right? Like that is, that is the thing that I've been like uh, championing and it feels unbelievable to be validated by you who has been in the space for so long working for an iconic brand like Squarespace, such a great, you know, platform. And to hear that my little thing that I got to talk about gets validated like that, man, really means a ton. So I, I appreciate you coming, man. Yeah, thank you. And thank you uh, to Venia for uh, bumping the spot. Uh, I really, really appreciate your flexibility. Uh, look, I look forward to actually hearing what you have to say, Venia. Um, everyone should. Uh, she was dropping pearls of wisdom all week. So, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Awesome, man. Dude, shameless promo, Venia's episode of my podcast. By the way, this is my pod, right? This is internet talk show, but it then in two weeks, it is an episode of my podcast, which is the B2B Community Builder Show. So if you go to the B2B Community Builder Show right now, the latest episode is this guy, Randall Crowder, who gives his take on like venture capital and what they think about community. But immediately before that is Venia's, Venia's episode, which is awesome. So without further ado, uh, the person that's getting the most compliments in the house right now, Venia, welcome. Hello. Hi. Welcome. So I've been thinking about this for a really long time because uh, CMX has a very special place in my heart. I've been going since like 2017, 2018. And for my first three years, I was on scholarship and I was incredibly hyped. I was so excited. Arrive there on scholarship, latch onto a few people. One year I actually latched onto Travis King. So I'm so happy we were able to reconnect, which is just super cool. Um, now, We've come out of the virtual space and the virtual conversation. And when COVID happened, we said, all right, this is our chance, y'all. We're going to reinvent what it means to connect with individuals at events. And for several years, we're like, what are we missing? What are we missing? Um, so most of my uh, takeaways is to offer the lollipop, provide the kudos to the CMX team, because they really, really did understand at this conference what it means to stick the landing. And further, they have made a lot of mistakes and they really embodied this notion. I always say it to myself and I'm so, so happy to have seen it in the CMX team, plan big and progress small because mistakes make better iterative plans. And that's exactly what they did at this conference. Um, and once we were on the ground, that sense of camaraderie, we've already heard it from everyone. It just hits different, you know? It just hits right to the core of who we are as humans, who we are as people. And I think that this CMX is really going to become a big case study for what it means to have events in an analog and virtual world put together. So that's my big takeaway. Um, I do have a few others as well. Uh, I am super, super hyped about this because coopetition is a word now. That's um, awesome. We're actually seeing community intelligence platforms that are willing to communicate, talk with one another, figure out each other's weaknesses, workshops the uh, workshop the strategies and the metrics that are necessary to measure and understand community health as community 
exists in the space. Um, so I'm super excited to see where that goes. And I also invite you to consider the one community platform that we didn't actually have at the event, the one that was just a big gaping hole from CMX years past, Salesforce wasn't there. I think that that says a lot for the progress and the development and the movement of the virtual world during COVID. So those are my two big ones. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Great take, Vinny. I know that there was, um, I know CMX had some struggles on the way in, but really stuck that landing. Like you said, I mean, really delivered an awesome event. I don't think anybody that was there was like, this isn't awesome. <laughs> so, so kudos. To the Just yeah. Incredible. Um, after so every Monday after my show, we go into our relationship driven growth strategy sessions. Is there anybody else that has to share a take yet? Oh, I think Lori's going to share a take. So once we're done sharing takes, uh, we're just going to go into the strategy session where I've got some uh, observations and overall business and strategy and whatnot, and we kind of discuss. Or if anybody has a question, we go into that. But um, I think up next is one of my favorite people. She is the super connector of community who just keeps on introducing me to amazing, amazing people, always so giving, so great to be around. Lori Goldman, I am, I'm excited to hear what your take is on this. Thank you. Um, my head is exploding. I want to talk about the zeitgeist of the event. Um, this is going to be a little redundant for Benya because we started talking about it this morning. I felt that the event itself was an in real life Venn diagram. I saw so much overlapping of so many different people, of so many different cultures, of so many different industries, and it was amazing. I also like the fact that people did um, what's called the Pac-Man model. Um, and what that is, is when you are in a group, you make sure that you have a not entirely closed circle, that you have a triangle so someone can feel like, hey, it's okay to come on in. And I thought that was really amazing. Um, and I think that kind of also applied at a higher level to the fact that folks who were pretty much thought leaders and big names were completely accessible, whether it was Pablo, whether it was Venya, whether it was David Siegel, whether it was David Sphinx, whether it was Richard Millington, all of these folks were completely and utterly accessible and there was no pretense around them. So I thought that was great. Um, I also love the level of collaboration. Like you see it here with people giving each other shout outs and, and sharing links. And I also thought Venue was doing notes. And um, I thought that was beautiful throughout the whole thing. Like Deb Shell often does notes for um, this cohort. I thought that was great. I just thought people were finding each other, talking to each other and finding ways to collaborate. And I love the fact that we're all grappling over the same things. Um, and um, I also thought it was really safe to say, I have absolutely no idea. Like, People ask me questions. I'm like, I have no idea. Whereas normally I would have been like, Ooh, maybe I shouldn't say that. It might look stupid. Um, the thing that I left with was um, also thinking about local communities like Tim was. But I'm also thinking like, because I'm in this CI, CD environment and I'm in an agile environment, I'm constantly, constantly, constantly having to do things. And now it's like, maybe I should take a step back and think about what it is I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And you know, what are the, to quote Tori Amos, really deep thoughts going on here. So that's all I have to say. And it was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. Can't wait to do it next year. Ditto. Ditto. Uh, Lori, I want to call out something that you have exemplified very well, right? So I do this workshop on packaging hook points. 
and this and it's this idea of framing, naming, and claiming something and how it can be so powerful. That Pac-Man approach, what you're talking about, is something that I have done forever, right? Like they actually literally teach that during rush when I'm pledging a fraternity, which I was like King Frat Daddy in 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 college, but nobody's ever named it, right? It's always just like keeping it open. But now because you just framed it, named it, and claimed it, every time that I talk about it, I'm going to mention you, right? So it's this idea that when you have like an idea, give it a nickname, give it some context, share it with people. And as they say, right, the 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 job of marketing is getting the right words into other people's mouths so they can um, continue that message for you. So it's, it's a really, really powerful way to connect with people. So good stuff with that one, Lori. All right, Jan is uh, joining us from... The capital of Switzerland. Am I, am, am I correct, Jan? Bern is a yes, Grüezi from Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, good to have you, man. I met you. I met your partner at uh, at, at CMX. We, yeah. we really pumped that you stayed up late to to share some knowledge. I know that you have a consultancy over there doing yeah. some really high level stuff. Would love to hear kind of what your take was and uh, anything else you got for us, man. Yeah, first of all, it was really great to being again in person. I really appreciate the vibe of this event it was it was awesome to be to be with people to fly over and and and, and feel what we felt before everything happens um i have two kind of two t- takeaways for me was uh i came over i, I see that communities get more holistic um i mean i, I i'm i have a, a company that we, we build community platforms we integrate we design them so for big companies for small startups we do a wide range of of customers and often we try to bring customers to a specific platform, you know, like to Chorus, to Salesforce, what all this, this critical, or we say we have a Slack channel, whatever. So what tools like Orbit and Comser, Comroom do, they, they bring together uh, a holistic view of communities, micro communities. It's a different way of managing and, and interacting with communities out there. And I love this, this, this next level of, of kind of holistic community view and not it's this, it's this, it's not a channel. It's, it's about people, coming together in, the, in their preferred area and, and connecting together. And I think that's that's an awesome thing that's now happening in the, in the, in the community sphere. The second thing I was totally interested in, and, and I'm, I'm heavily experimenting around this metaverse and NFT and stuff like this. And I think this is a new kid in town. It will happen, not maybe tomorrow. Maybe it's a little bit too much money driven at the moment, but I think those concepts, like what Starbucks is doing now with the NFT that is not an NFT, but gives you a reward for doing something. I mean, this can happen in the community, give you some value for what you created, what the badges are an NFT. You can take it, you can go outside, you can show it. I mean, we're just currently working with an ice hockey team uh, um, saying, giving them the NFTs, they can show it, they go to the VIP section. I mean, this is so much from online, offline, it's giving value. DAOs, I mean, this is the perfect example of communities owned by the community. And the metaverse, I mean, these creator communities, like the greatest I saw, I wasn't aware that there are so many cool things out there already. So I have to go there. So yeah, that was my take from, from CMX. Love it. love it, Jan. Love it, love it. I love that you brought up Web3, right? I'm, I'm actually almost, I don't know if I'm surprised or not surprised that it took this long to bring up Web3 in a mature community conversation because so much of the talk around Web3 is community, right? My my partner, Isar, and I, early 2021, right? Like world just starting to open up. We, start, we started going to like Bitcoin conferences and stuff like that because it became very clear to us that the future of community will inextricably be tied to uh, blockchain, right? In okay. some way, it is, it is this fascinating combination of 
um, membership card, reward points, track record of like how much, you know, how much you have to offer, right? Like all these, all these um, ways to trade on social currency, right? Which is kind of what community is all about. Fascinating, fascinating stuff, man. Have you bought any NFTs or are you guys launching an NFT yourself? We, we created some, we bought some, we play around. We Actually, we have two, two or three projects running with some ice hockey uh, championship yeah. with a, um, a group with, uh, with it's, it's fun. It's, it's really, it's experimenting totally. Yeah. I, we don't promise anything at the moment. We just say, let's play around with this stuff. It's interesting. It may be, they have some potential. We have to learn how customers react. I mean, to, did you ever create a wallet? It took yeah. me six hours. It took yeah. me six hours. It's so tacky. So yeah, it has to come to the people a little bit more. You know, we all work. We try to make a good user experience and stuff. But I think uh, uh, it goes more and more in this direction. What Starbucks is, is genius. Uh, did is genius. And I think uh, it will progress. And we have to find out if people accept it, use it, and and, and play around with it. Yeah, that's that's wow. a little bit uh, an exciting uh, uh, time to 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 play around. <laughs> Love it, man. Well, I'm pumped to hear. Um, I think Ryan's going to start letting everybody on stage because Piper is our is our last take, and then we're going to go right into uh, relationship driven growth strategy sessions. I want to say one last thing on the NFT thing. Jen Filzen took me to this like shop in Santa Cruz that was called the Cat's Meow, and it was like her friend that started this like vintage store. It was like a like a super kits- kitschy store, and the lady who owned the after this late this other young woman checked out, she grabbed her hand. And took these like three chips, right? Just like this, like wood chips and put them in her hand and goes, you can't build an empire without currency. And this is my currency. These are good for $5 when you return. And I was like, this is the original NFT stuff, right? Like, it's just oh, like yeah. customer oh, reward yeah. points doing It's so awesome, man. So awesome. awesome. Thanks for coming, Jan. I appreciate Thanks. you being here. Bye-bye. All right. Finishing, uh, bringing, bringing in the, the, the final, the final shot here is, uh, mm-hmm. Piper Wilson. Piper, you and me got to spend a little bit of time together, but not much. So I'm, not I'm really, much, no. yeah, I'm really curious yeah. to hear, uh, your take on everything. Well, okay. So there was so much, but I'm, I'm going to just choose one thing to go. So from Katie Ray's from the very first session, the, the line that I wrote down that I love is let's see where did i wrote it down ask for ask for feedback always and often you know it's like how do you do always and often well you know you just do it always and um you know and then she talked about taking what you get from your members and keeping track of it show your members what you've done with it tell your members what you've done with it keep track of it so you can show your management what you need and what you've done with it and show the changes you've made. And then this was the last thing that I thought was especially interesting. She said, don't ask your active members for information. Ask the people who aren't coming back, you know, so that you can get, so that you can make something valuable for them. And so that's what I got. I wanted to keep it short. I love it. I love it, Piper. And, and you know, to me, I, I remember our conversation. You were like, "I'm an introvert. I'm a little bit overwhelmed." But like, I I think the the value of the introvert is that, is that you're very very observant, right? So like, I I love to have people in my life like you that that can like notice these things. So thanks for coming and sharing. It reminds me of a couple of things that we talk about a lot here. One is I'll go backwards order, right? This qualitative insights, how you ask for this stuff. 
Um, if you go to uh, the buyer personas book, it talks about that, right? Like you're going to get your biggest insights from the people, not from your clients, not from the people that didn't do business with you, but the people that almost did business with you and then didn't, or people that were part of something and then churned. That's where you start to get those insights. Um, and a great book to figure out questions on that is the mom test and buyer personas. And then the other part is the idea of when you get feedback to implement it and let the people know that gave you the feedback that you're implementing it. That is one of the ways that we evangelize of like sharing the stage, letting people know that they're being heard and seen and what they believe in is being promoted. I think it's really, really powerful. So thanks for, thanks for sharing. Appreciate that. Pepper. I'd love to hear what you thought of that. Did you enjoy it? Right. Um, like I said, we've been doing this more and more often. The last time that we did this was when we reviewed pod podfest which was episode 177, uh, the 12 biggest opportunities for businesses in podcasting. So if you want to get a sense of what PodFest was all about and all the different opportunities in podcasting, then check that out. And as I as I mentioned, right, this is a a different way of summarizing a conference. It is like the oral history of a conference. If you're a conference organizer and you want me to do this for your event, I am very happy to oblige. We make tons of content at events. Um, I'm a super connector. I'm happy to kind of be the uh, relationship Sherpa for everybody there. I, I spoke at CMX. I spoke at Badass Business Summit. So if you want to book me for an event to talk about this flywheel concept, building relationships, networking, emceeing it, and then uh, follow up with this kind of content that you would get for your event, make sure you reach out. I would love to do it. And uh, of course, I want to encourage you to have an internet talk show of your own. This is such a versatile thing to do, right? Like I've now used it to practice one of my keynotes ahead of time. Uh, I use it to follow up with everybody from these events, right? Like all these people, I got to solidify the relationship. I got to get their information. They're now in my ecosystem. It's been a lot of fun. Everybody enjoyed doing it again. I'm now giving them all little bits of content for uh, promoting themselves as thought leaders from this uh, conference. So it's a really value add on top of the fact that I get to every week network with really valuable people in front of a whole bunch of other really cool people that I want to do business with, network with, grow relationships with. So if you want to build an internet talk show like this and turn it into a relationship flywheel, join our boot camp. We're getting started second week of August of October. It's going to be awesome. This is the, you know, a really high level uh, network of people are taking it. Go to be the stage.live slash bootcamp and jump in. You got one more week. So I hope to see you there. And uh, of course, I want to thank my team. I want to thank Rowan for organizing all this stuff. I want to thank JP for editing this stuff and making it look and sound great. I want to thank Gina for creating the structure and bringing the culture to our company. She's her chief heart officer, Marge, who is her indelible right hand. Um, couldn't do it without her either. Obviously, uh, Joanna, Joyce, our account managers, Rita, our content strategist, who really uh, brings the vision to the clients. Uh, Jade, our quality control. Philippe, our newest content creator. He's our newest uh, video editor on board. Uh, and Nicola, who writes all the great captions and, and our um, newsletter and stuff like that. Just really, really couldn't do it without them. And, uh, you know, I just want to encourage you to always remember relationships are always, always, always going to beat transactions. See you next week.